Give a baby Yoda a frog egg, feed him for a day. Teach that murderous psychopath to unscrew a lid, you feed him for life. This is Mendo Spoilers! (laughs) Baby Yoda's a savage. (laughs) Hello people, this is your host, Stevie, and today... We have a five-person crew, and we are covering the first two episodes of Disney's amazing show, The Mandalorian. Um, let's go Isis to Weesis this time, and I want to know what celebrity do you want to see in the future episodes of The Mandalorian? Hit it. Ooh. Hmm. Dream casting. Uh, that would be me, Mikey, recording from <laughs> Goshen, Indiana. Oh man, that's a good that's a good question, CV. There's been a lot of pretty fun cameos already so far. Um Wow. Uh you know what? Ryan Gosling. There you go. <laughs> Put him in some space armor. <laughs> Do you see his face or is he covered by like makeup and prosthetics? No. Just just like Mando, <laughs> just helmet. You don't you it, it may not be a Mandalorian, but you'll recognize his voice if you if you just have the helmet on him, I think. I think that'd be a fun one. Nice. Uh, I think it's me. This is a uh, superhero correspondent slash today Star Wars correspondent PK, recording from South Bend, Indiana. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go somebody that's already in the Star Wars universe, but never... I don't think he's ever been in a live action. Uh, Sam Witwer. The voice of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. I think he would be an awesome character in the show. I don't know what he would be. I could see him being... Darth Maul? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, he could play Darth Maul. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But, uh, yeah, I think he'd be either a great, like, good character or he could be, obviously, a great evil character. That seems like the kind of thing they'd do. He's a fan favorite. Exactly. He's a Star He's, like, one of the biggest Star Wars nerds out there, so he's... I'm sure he loves this show just as everybody else. And they love bringing back Darth Maul more than anything, <laughs> as you saw in yeah, Solo. kind of annoyingly so. <laughs> A Star Wars story. Uh, I guess I'm up next. This is Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado. And I've been talking about Adam Sandler. A lot lately. A lot li- lately. <laughs> I just did a big dumb movie episode on Billy Madison. Uh, so check that out. And then we did an episode on Hubie Halloween. But... I don't know, like, most of the time when Adam Sandler's in not Happy Madison movies, they're usually pretty freaking good, so, like, and, and comedians like Bill Burr seem to do pretty well on this show, so just stick him in, like, <laughs> make him, like, a, a, like, a droid with a funny accent, or, you know, like, a special needs alien or something, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> or a jeweler? <laughs> or a jeweler. Who yeah. likes to gamble on fights. <laughs> special needs alien. <laughs> They don't need any more of those in Star Wars. <laughs> Jar Jar was enough. <laughs> this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren Memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I think it would be awesome to have one of two things. I'll go with either of them. My favorite actor, Robert Pattinson. Just have him be anything. Just a guy walking around in the background <laughs> or a fucking droid. I don't give a fuck. Just have Pattinson. Um, he's awesome. But... This has kind of been like kicked around in the fan community a little bit. Um, people think you might see a glimpse of Luke at some point. 
And I think it would I be cool to have that. that. Apparently he was mentioned in this first episode, so just a random thing, but sorry to interrupt. No, all good. One quick thing, just played by Sebastian Stan, because I, I just love I that idea. Would. That's another thing that's kind of been in the fan community for a while, because he looks like Mark Hamill when he was younger, so that would be fun. Um, if I had one person I think would be hilarious to see and would get a full episode arc, I think it would be more comedic than anything. Um, <coughs> Amy Sedaris <clears throat> has been in a few episodes of Mando, and she's the one that plays... Um, Pap, do you know her name? Pelly Modo? Okay, Pelly, yeah, with an awesome fro. I think it would be great <laughs> if she had a brother and it was Danny McBride. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would get a hilarious episode. And I that's one person I would love to see in Star Wars, Danny McBride. That would work. He was in Fanboys. You ever see that movie? It's about a bunch yeah. of uh, Star that. Wars fans <laughs> that try to steal the Phantom Menace before it's released in 1999. Who else is in that? Kirsten Bell is in that. Yep. But let's kick off on this first episode. Um, much like the first episode in season one, we get a great Western feel to it. And Mikey, how did you like the way like this one actually started off? Because it kind of kicks off for the whole season. But it's just a great way to introduce Mando again in season two. Yeah, he's walking up to a really greasy uh, a boxing arena or something with baby Yoda right behind him and I love the setup because it's just like a, a gangster mob uh, type of deal going on kind of like a Sopranos type episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> at this boxing arena and it all feels like it could translate really well to like here on earth and it just ends up being this like setup from this guy who has information from mando and mando ends up kicking everybody's ass and it's all really cool and I, there's just something about the way that john favreau is making mando do all of the right things in the coolest way possible that is like working in every single scene i don't know how he's doing it but he's pulling it off really well <laughs> i know this is no place for a child wherever i go he goes. <laughs> so I've heard. I've been quested to bring him to his kind. If I can locate other Mandalorians, they can help guide me. I'm told you know where to find them. It's uncool to talk business immediately. Just enjoy the entertainment. John Leguizamo is the uh, Cyclops guy who double-crosses Man Mando. At the start of the episode, thought that was. Pretty I was cool. trying to figure out whose voice that was until the, I saw it in the credits. But there's a point where I thought it could have been Willem Dafoe. He kind of sounded like, like some type of Green Goblin voice in there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Dafoe, that would be awesome. <laughs> That's who I would want to have in Mando. I would be cool. yeah, yeah, yeah change my, my answer, answer. <laughs> for sure. The way Mando handles those fucking goons is just amazing. Like. A group of seven guys with blasters is absolutely no threat to him. It's like a rough and tumble, like close proximity kind of fight. He has those uh, whistling birds mm -hmm. that he uses. It's just awesome. It's such a strong introduction. I love how he like throws his head into the one guy's punch because he's just mm -hmm. like, I have a fucking Beskar helmet. Like, it's not going to hurt me. It's obviously going to hurt your fucking hand. 
that's that's, that's, that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Is like he's always doing something like a hero. Like uh, he's improvising in these moments of like everybody's kicking his ass, and nope, Mando's just flipped the table because he's just thought of a creative way to take somebody out. Or I mean, he does that. In the next episode, he's like constantly proving that Mandalorians are the best like warriors in the galaxy. Yeah, because he's always outnumbered. Mandal, it's like Mando. If he interacts with you, you're either going to be his foe, <laughs> unless something comes along that makes you his bro. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I was going to fight you, but now we've got to team up to do this thing. It's like happens over and over and over again. Now I'm going to go way out of my way to help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, we've talked about this before. And, I mean, the real setup for the season so far is Mando's trying to find a network of Mandalorians so he can get <clears throat> Baby Yoda or the kid, the child, whatever you want to call him, um, back to his people, which is essentially just the Jedi. Can someone remind me of why? that? Like, how can the Mandalorians help him? I don't remember why that leads to that. I don't know. The armor is the one that said he, sh- he should find the Jedi. Uh, yeah, the Jedi. So I think he assumes that, like, other individuals that maybe have the rank of the armor in other clans will have a similar knowledge that, like, they've shared at some point. Okay. I, I think the idea is that the Mandalorian leadership uh, has further insight. So I think that's why he's looking for another covert to find their armor equivalent. Okay, that makes sense. But, Pat, what I was going to ask you is. You know, <clears throat> it's not constantly always about story. It's kind of this tune in next week type feel. You know, mm-hmm. he goes to uh, Tatooine. He's trying to find another Mandalorian. And it's pretty much Tremors mixed with Dune. Um, do you like this kind of like side story every episode of kind of this tune in next week type feel? Tune in next week. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I do. I like it a lot. That's something we talked about in Lovecraft Country that I thought the show would have been a little bit stronger. Um, for that, like I said, it can be a little bit formulaic, but I like how this one, you know, this is, this one felt like a Western again. Right. And there were definitely episodes in season one that were distinctly Western. And this like, just from like the sheriff in town to, you know, the stranger comes to town and gets the town to unite, to work together type plot. Like it, it felt like a very familiar story, but like with the star Wars skin on it, it's, it's awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. And you were saying you think this sandworm's going to be better than the upcoming Denis Villeneuve I do. sandworm. It looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh the my crate gosh. dragon looked amazing. These, I mean, these first two episodes, they've been just flexing the budget hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this looks better than most movies. It's Look insane. at all the money we have. I have a question for Kylo about the crate dragon. Uh, I've often cited that as like, one of the reasons why I like the first Star Wars, like New Hope, so much is that you're just walking around Tatooine and all of a sudden there's a, you know, a, a dragon hmm. skeleton there. Do, does it change your viewing of kind of the OT now that we're like coloring in some of the lines? Like we're learning more about the sand people and like what these dragon things are? I mean, it has to. The more you learn about the lore of Star Wars, the, uh, deeper appreciation or in some cases hatred it gives you for <laughs> other Star <laughs> <Metachlorians>. Wars <media>. yeah <laughs> but absolutely I, I think that the original bones that were put in in A New Hope were uh, a direct Dune callback actually 
but it's kind of developed a, a lore of its own. Kyle, I have a question for you. You know so much about Star Wars, I believe, compared to the rest of us. Um, how does Mando know every language on every planet there is? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I was thinking about that when I was watching this. I was like, man, like his schooling with the Mandalorian. Did he used to work for like the UN of Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> they taught him a bunch of languages. They taught him how to fight, how to fly a jetpack. How to... Man, that's... That's a private school you got to get into, the Mandalorian <laughs> school. There was up. one point in this episode where he was talking to the um, the Tusken Raiders, the mm-hmm. Sand People, and like I thought it could potentially be like like almost like a like, kind of like a voice modulator in his helmet. It kind of like would translate stuff, and he hears it like in just like his normal language. But then you like in the second episode, which we'll get to, you kind of find out. He doesn't know every language. So. <laughs> He's a learned man. That does kind of undermine the lore of the Sand People. Like the first time he communicated with them in season one, it was just strictly nonverbal. And in this this episode, they did verbal and nonverbal, which was kind of annoying. The idea is supposed to be that no one can speak to the Sand People. That's why there's such a conflict with them. Like oh. no one can communicate. But he could do the sign language, which is their you know, form of communication with other people. He could communicate with their dogs. Like those like, <laughs> lizard dogs around the corner, you just like talk to them and all of a sudden they're like rolling on their bellies like for him. It's ridiculous. Hey, partner, you want to tell me what's going on? I do like how he kind of humanized, you know, the Tuscan Raiders and just like, He's they're just, misunder- they're just misunderstood, you know? <laughs> they were eating hot dogs, sitting around a campfire. <laughs> Drinking some, or sniffing some, whatever that shit is. Oh, the, the, the Young Guns peyote shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it kind of looked like. <laughs> Mike, you kind of want to get into the battle of the Krayt Dragon in that sequence. I mean, I you know, we can kind of go around and say, you know, how amazing did this look, but... I was a big fan of how they sequenced it out. It, I di- it didn't feel formulaic to me. Did it to you? Uh, no. I mean, I think it takes some... I, I mean, when he spits acid, I think that caught me off guard and yeah. it was very shocking. That was so cool. Mm. There's a lot of poor Tuscan Raiders that just get melted. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't know if anybody really cares that much uh, from the village, but that was pretty, like, kind of scary almost. Uh and I mean the Cray Dragon is also pretty scary as well. It when it leaps out of the ground, I mean just the scale compared to yeah. everything around it, and it's acting like a, a dragon on a mountain because it's bur- burrowing through all of this earth and getting up to the top of the mountain. And I don't know, it was all pretty awesome, actually. It was amazing. I think the cinematography was like. A big like uh, helper in that type of uh, scene because you know, like Mikey said, the scale. Like there were some of those shots where like it's just a super wide shot when there's like the one Tuscan Raider like trying to see if it's still like asleep, and it's just like he's just in the center of the screen, being <laughs> tiny, and he just had this giant fucking mouth of the cave. And then like when the crate dragon was coming out, and it's kind of like. There's like three Tuscan Raiders running towards the camera really close up, but then you see the giant fucking mouth of it come out behind. It's just like that type of cinematography made it seem and like just feel like fucking massive and scary and terrifying. 
That's what you're saying, TPK. It's like this episode like humanizes the Tusken Raiders so much, but many, many of them just get jacked by this dragon <laughs> yeah. thing. What'd you guys think of uh, the bait and switch where it's like they put the the banta or whatever out there to as a sacrifice? <laughs> it just goes straight after the Tusken Raider running away. I love that. But I also, I mean, I cheese, like, I grin hard anytime Mando gets to use, like, his jetpack. And I really like how he took control of the final battle where he just pretty much sets Timothy Elephant's jet, Timothy Elephant's uh, jetpack flying. And, you know, you obviously know Mando's gonna win, you just don't know how. And I really liked how he came out and blew that crate dragon up. But, um, Pat, do you, I mean, I kind of, it didn't do it much in uh, episode two, but would you like it if more episodes down the line have like big celebrities that are giant characters and great actors like Timothy Oliphant that take center stage? Or would you like it more if they kind of got pushed to the side and it was more focused on Mando and the child and and characters we already know about? I I love the the cameos and the celebrities. The one, it's like something to look out for too. It's just fun to watch, you know, the credits. Like I said, for like John Leguizamo, like he wouldn't even have known that. But Timothy Oliphant, He's awesome in this. It's fun to see like uh, a Mando who's you know he's not a Mando, but he's, he's not a Mando. <laughs> he, he's like whipping his helmet off all the time, which is something we obviously don't get from Pedro Pascal. And like when he first took his helmet off, I was like, "Who the fuck is this even gonna be?" Because I knew there was like Boba Fett rumors mm-hmm. floating around, and I'm not sure if like that guy at the end is supposed to be Boba Fett. I've heard that. I don't know if we want to go there yet, but. Well, I mean, to to kind of talk about what you were originally speaking about, that, like, misdirect is really great, right? Because he goes there looking for a Mandalorian to Mos Pelgo, and then you see what you suspect is Boba Fett, but something is, like, a little bit off. And you're almost thinking for a second, oh, they didn't make Boba Fett look quite right, you know? It looks like it just doesn't fit right. Yeah, he's really tall and lanky, and the armor just kind of <laughs> hangs off of him a little bit. And he... he put on his brother's cool clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but then he takes off his helmet, and he looks like a freaking World War II pilot with that haircut. He looks awesome. Mm-hmm. To Dude, Timothy I was going to say that, man. I mean, I know we're big fans of Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal on this pod, but... Timothy Oliphant is a fantastic, great-looking man in this episode. <laughs> He's that flying in the most nicely to get haircuts, <laughs> for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> flying back. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, so at the end, like, I, and that's the thing I, I will say, too. I, I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that we're back on Tatooine, and if we're wondering if it's Boba Fett, but, Kyle, is it supposed to be Boba Fett? I am genuinely... It's 100% Fett. Boba Fett. Okay. Is that his armor or no? Oh yeah, definitely Boba Fett's armor. Yeah, definitely Boba Fett. For sure. Looking at them at the end as the sun is setting. Yeah, for sure. How, I mean, it's in the IMDb credits. So, like, how big of a role do you think he's going to play in this, like, maybe season or series in general? Because I feel like he won't come back for like a while. Maybe towards the end of the season. Personally, we haven't seen the Mandalorian have like a, an adversary that is his equivalent. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because they kind of made it seem like he's going to be a bad guy. Right, that's what I suspect will happen. He'll be like at odds with the Mandalorian for whatever reason. Maybe it's the armor, maybe it's something other conflict that goes back, but um, we do eventually need to get to a point where he's met his match. Mm-hmm. 
I can't wait for them to eventually team up and raise Baby Yoda together <laughs> as a <laughs> co-parenting as a family. <laughs> yeah. What I think they'll do, I mean, this is just me spitballing, is any fans of Mindhunter will know, um, when it came to the BTK killer, they would just do some intros throughout, like, maybe three intros throughout two seasons that would be purely BTK-focused and nothing to do with um, our current plot of our current characters. I could see Jon Favreau doing that with Boba Fett. Like, instead of doing our awesome intros we've been getting with Mando and the kid... They could probably just do an off intro with Boba Fett, like how he escaped the pits or how he lived, you know, what he's been doing here That'd and there, cool. stuff like that. Well, they did show us a flashback in this episode of, you know, you got to see a little hologram of the mm-hmm. Death Star Death Star 2 exploding. So now we know they're not above. I mean, and they had the flashback in season one of, you know, Mando getting rescued and stuff. So they're not a- opposed to flashbacks, which I think is something that. If they don't utilize it too often, I think it could be really cool. Just, to, I hope Mandalorian doesn't have the same fate as Mindhunter, though. That would be dude, so sad. My soul can't take oh, that. Not to get off topic, but canceled. <laughs> oh, that show is so great. <sighs> Frustrating. But anything else to add on season one, uh, episode one? I skimmed over. Um, Corey, you can probably answer this. I was pretty pretty positive it was, but is uh, Cobb Vanth? Is that Anakin's? Part of Anakin's pod racer that he's using? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of little touches like that in this. It is part of Anakin's pod racer. The God, slightly that's so different cool. and updated paint job. So that's a cool callback. Uh, there's a famous droid that we see that Peli has, R5-D4. Yep. That's the droid that Luke almost buys but has a bad mm. motivator and like the top kind of blows up. <laughs> in the decanonized books, that droid has like and I might be remembering this incorrectly, but I believe that droid has the force. It's <laughs> kind of a silly of sounding thing, but he has his books. Yeah. You know, everyone has the force. Is that everybody just sharing the same space trash? Like just cycling it through on different planets? What's going on? So many used car salesmen in space. Yeah. So many of the same parts and droids and stuff. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's like all this shit has happened on the same planet, though. It's all on Tatooine, pretty much. And I talked about this on the Clone Wars pod I did with Josh, but, like, a planet in Star Wars is, like, a town in our reality, you know? Like, (laughs) planets, they make them seem pretty small in the movies. Like, I'm going to go to Tatooine, and I'm going to see all the same people, even though, like, it's a whole fucking planet. (laughs) Stevie, how do you feel about going back to Tatooine? Do you wish we had new, new planets? Okay, I was going to bring this up on episode two, but I'll just get into it. <clears throat> I love the movie Rogue One. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I've been, I've been, after listening to some older episodes, <laughs> I'm here to defend it. I can movie. defend it all day, but. Because <laughs> that has the best space battle in Star thank Wars. Thank you. Yes, thank you. But one thing that drove me nuts about Rogue One, and they do this in some Star Wars movies, it drives me nuts, is they get lost in the plot, just naming planets left and right like we know them. And I feel like there's so much unnecessary dialogue of, oh, he's from here, he's from here, but we're going here, but don't go there, go here. And that stuff drives me nuts, and they started doing that in episode two. So I'm kind of happy we're on Tatooine, because it's a real familiar place for me, like, in the show and in Star Wars. It's one of the most suitable places that we know as the audience for The Mandalorian to be. Yes. For me, I just want to see, like, different environments. Like, give me a jungle or something. I'm kind of sick of a, a desert type uh, 
setting for a lot of this, but it's never looked better than it has before. I mean, mm-hmm. it definitely I think looks great. In if they like utilize it correctly, it's it works because like like we guys were saying, like this episode is super western. And like when he rolls into town on the speeder mm-hmm. bike, it even has like a Harley sound. It's just like, oh my gosh, dude, this is awesome. And like when when he when the scene where he gets, they show him like come back with Boba Fett's armor for the first time, and he like he's shooting all those guys. His like blaster looks like a revolver, and then like they're all running away. He just walks right into the middle of the street. It's like. Fuck you guys! And uses the rocket. It's like he's he's done so much cooler shit than Boba Fett ever did in the movies for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, movies for sure. But let's get to episode two, um, Mikey. We kind of get a bigger, like, secondary plot to go with our original plot. What's kind of the real crux of this episode and mission? Uh, well, we get a very. Kind-looking frog lady who needs to be transported. <laughs> she looks so to... nice. Yeah, she's <laughs> kind of like a cute little like gecko. She doesn't really look like a frog. She looks more like a gecko or something or a salamander. But uh, they're on this ice planet, and they really need to. She needs to get to a much warmer planet. Um, and she has these eggs with her. She doesn't speak English, so she can't communicate with Mando. But she'll figure out a way later in the episode to do that. And her husband has set up a home on this other planet and she needs to get there, but they end up crashing and falling through ice and really getting into a lot of trouble. And this episode doesn't really advance the plot in any way, really sort of, I mean, we don't even see her get to the planet that she needs to get to, but it's just more of an episode of the week type type uh episode this time around too just one one small point of correction there mikey she's leaving tatooine so that way her husband frog can jizz on her eggs because this is the last of her <laughs> her line yeah they're the last of their kind which this tr- the show treats those eggs very solemnly giving us the last <laughs> of her blood <bloodline. laughs> there's eggs a very bi- important nut <laughs> yeah. on tatooine that they need to get to <laughs> those eggs biggest foe are baby yoda by far uh before they crash down though Kylo, did you appreciate the attempt at humor with kind of the police of space and Kylo not not <laughs> up to date on his register or uh, tags for his vehicle? Uh, well, I thought it was interesting for sure to see how the f- individuals that were formerly the rebels are like policing the galaxy now. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not the Empire, so uh, they have like a little bit of a softer touch. <laughs> they do vehicle inspection staunch brett would fucking hate that he's like these liberals took over the galaxy now we gotta get our ships inspected i have rights i have rights <laughs> uh one of the x-wing pilots is uh the dude from kim's convenience oppa i don't know if there's any fans of that here but he's like a comedic actor uh it was it was kind of neat to see and i i don't know if this episode um doesn't advance the story where yet um, I think we'll see that later on because this episode calls back to the prison break episode from season one. And I think this might build up something for later on that pays off. I I suspect that um, he's going to have some goodwill with some of the 
rebels that are now in charge that are no longer rebels, I guess. But I mean, we'll see. What's up with the the dick move at the end, not helping him out? That seemed weird. They're like they kind of almost left him for dead. <laughs> well, they killed all the spiders, and then they said, "All right, figure it out from here, bitch." Peace. <laughs> <laughs> While he has like humongous holes in his ship. Yeah, like we're not gonna arrest you for this big crime because you helped us out with these other guys. But uh, yeah, you can figure this shit out yourself. <laughs> not gonna help. I, I do like how it was Dave Filoni too again because <laughs> he was like, you know, he was one of the X wings that came in on that distress call from that same episode in season one. So it's kind of cool to like have that same guy come back and like, you know, he was part of that like little mission, I guess. So it's some little continuity right there. One thing I kind of liked was the balance of those two X fighters where I felt like one of them wanted to ask Mandalorian about his entire life. Cause he just was like cheesing to even be in the presence of a Mando. And the other guy <laughs> was like, let's just get the hell out of here. Screw this guy. I did like the balance of that. Um, but Pappy, uh, Mando's coldness, not to reference the uh, planet, but his kind of coldness towards our frog lady, did that ring true to you or did it seem kind of out of pocket with season one Mando? I think that we're slowly starting to see Mando make a change. And I think mm-hmm. the show's actually doing a really good job. Even, I mean, the stuff with the droids, it was pretty obvious when uh, uh, Peli Moto's like, oh, he likes droids now. He's made like a character growth. And Mando's like, yeah, or whatever. But, no, it's fun to see how Baby Yoda has kind of softened him and I, and I think that the when the frog lady finally found her voice like I kind of like the dynamic between those she's very much like telling him the way it's got to be you know what mm-hmm. I mean I, I really like that what the hell are you doing that droid is a killer these eggs are the last fruit of my life cycle my husband has risked his life to carve out an existence for us on the only planet that is hospitable to our species. We fought too hard and suffered too much to resign ourselves to the extinction of our family line. I must demand that you hold true to the deal that you agreed to. Can we, speaking of like his kind of character development and Baby Yoda, can we go back real quick to the scene the opening scene of the episode we kind of skipped over where there's like a group of raiders that like obviously they're they're aware of the child and they were after him and like that scene was so cool and it kind of goes back to like mikey in episode one where he was talking about like how cool he does shit and like he's surrounded by like four or five guys again and he's just like and uh, the the the, um when they actually like crash his speeder bike and he he has like a non-graceful landing but like with the jetpack but you can still he kind of like yells like, oh! <laughs> and then he like by, like barely balances out it's not smooth i think that was like honestly really cool to see he still kind of like struggles a little bit baby but. yoda skips across the same <laughs> 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 yeah I, I like your point pk because i think a lesser show would have been like oh no he's gonna crash and you would have seen like mando like jump over it, jump off his bike and like, you know, whistling birds, everybody in the vicinity, then cut to Mando. But I I do like how he gets beat up often and he's not always, you know, just perfect in every fight scene. I do like that a lot about this show. And if every Mandalorian opens like the office where Jim's pranking Dwight, but this is where (laughs) Mando's just beating up a bunch of like people trying to steal the child. I'm totally fine with it. I can see it like, over and over and over again because there's like a bit of cleverness in all of them like how he mm-hmm. like dispatches like the last guy with like the jetpack that shit was hilarious like I, 
it's really creative each time. Yeah, I love the openings of this movie. I mean, of this show. Mikey, did you like the call, like, directly to Alien in this uh, in this episode? Because, I mean, it was Alien, right? Uh, With the spiders and the eggs. Well, yeah, they kind of look like facehuggers and the eggs that Baby Yoda cracks open. Yeah, you crack one, you crack them all. How, how many death sticks did Baby Yoda smoke before? <laughs> because he has got the munchies. <laughs> He's eating everything in, like, every episode. And he has no no uh, reservations towards like eating anything. He's eating all sorts of bugs and eggs and stuff. And he cracks. Hey, he's open. a growing fifty year old. Yeah, he cracks up one of these <laughs> hungry boy nasty eggs and pulls out a spider. I thought they looked great. They're obviously uh, very gross and like pale looking, which I thought really worked. Co-host Brett would have crapped his pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene was intense. Like. You know, they don't, like, they're fucking relentless. They don't stop. It's And it's, it wasn't even the big one that was, like, the freakiest part. It was all the fucking little ones. There's, like, one scene where they're in the cockpit finally and the, everything's flogged mm-hmm. up. You just, you just hear their fucking feet. Or they're, them all stepping on the glass. That shit was, like, creepy. Which ones are better, Mikey? This one or the myth? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not even close. Uh, this is obviously the CGI... For one scene in this is probably the entire budget <laughs> of the mist. <laughs> uh, but again, like when they're running away, he does like the coolest thing possible and we don't even see it. He just like kind of lifts up his fist and you know he has that flamethrower and you just see him like ignite the flamethrower and then just we don't get to see anything, but he torches a whole shit ton of those spiders and. John Favreau was just thinking of the, all of the coolest stuff that could possibly happen, and he's nailing it. <laughs> I also loved when they're running away too, like when the frog lady just like starts hopping like a frog. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're like she's definitely gonna die, and then she's like, nope. <laughs> I mean, we talked about her eggs. Uh, Baby Yoda is like eating her eggs throughout the episode, <laughs> and which is fine, but the fucking debates that it has sparked in so many comment sections that I've seen is goddamn annoying. It's basically become like a pro-life debate. No. Oh, oh my I'm not fucking around here. Like people are like, "Oh, so the child is just going to eat babies now and we're cool with that?" And people are like, "Well, they're not babies. They're unfertilized eggs." Oh, and no. people say, <laughs> "But they're going to become babies." And oh my god. Baby Yoda is committing genocide here. <laughs> this is the last of their kind. He's taking them out pretty efficiently. I mean, the best part was, you know, the very end where he, he kind of, the lady, the frog lady saves him by shooting a couple of spiders off of him. And then at the end, you, you, he kind of looks at her. They have this little moment where they look at each other and you're like, oh, he's, he kind of feels bad now for eating the kids or eating her babies. And then he looks away and then all of a sudden, people are mad at him about that but i'm not so strange but at the end awesomeness you think big spider's gonna take out the ship and those two uh rebel police officers come back and save the day and then leave them somewhat stranded on the planet um pappy where do you kind of hope like this show goes from here like as far as like i mean we're we gonna get you know are we going to end the Frog Lady arc, or are they just going to keep keeping her in episodes, do you think? Uh, well, we got to see, you know, where the Frog Lady lives. So I'm hoping her pro- her planet's kind of more water 
based. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't had a, a lot of that in Star Wars outside of like Gungans in Naboo. So it'd be cool <laughs> to see some more like water based people. But, you know, I'm, I'm fine with if these next whatever six, seven episodes are just, you know, adventure of the week still. I'm, I'm totally fine just kind of kicking the can down the road and, getting the itty bitty pieces of baby Yoda information. The only thing I'd say is I wish that I wish that baby Yoda had more to do in these two episodes. I, I liked it in the first season when baby Yoda was like whipping out his powers. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping we get a little bit more of that too. Yeah. Um, my only complaint with that is felt like anytime Mando got in a tight spot, you'd be like, what's baby Yoda going to do? Yeah. I'm happy that it's like other characters doing it and not just baby Yoda. Where do you want to see it go, Stevie? Um, I kind of hope we get another Adventure of the Week episode where we don't complete the arc of Frog Lady. And maybe we learn something about Baby Yoda, like any of his powers of like different stuff he can do. Um, but I'd be definitely okay if they did like Adventure of the Week. You know, we crash land on this planet now and here's what's going on. I'm way okay with that. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> Mando. A new new sheriff. <laughs> He's got Django Fett's armor. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, if you jump into all of the Baby Yoda stuff too soon, then you're just going to end up with like, well, we found Baby Yoda's clan or family or whatever. And it's like, well, we once we do that, I don't think you're going to be able to jump back into the Adventure of the Week type mm-hmm. stuff as easily. So I think they're kind of spacing that out pretty well i think i mean we're still getting some stuff and we're still continuing the search for baby yoda stuff but yeah i feel like a lot of people want it to get to the point too quickly and it's like that's kind of like the appeal of it for me is like i'm not it's not all plot Mm -hmm. i don't don't know and i'm still enjoying it I, i think that's the problem that lovecraft country that we were talking about earlier had is so much going on and still the plot is so confusing and like not really <laughs> advancing. This is doing like almost the complete opposite. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I'm with you guys. I like where it's going, and the fact that it's it's keeping everybody so intrigued when it's not developing the main story like fully. I think is a great sign for this show. And uh, you know, I don't know where I necessarily want it to go, but I do remember reading a quote from. Giancarlo, Gus Fring, got Moff Gideon, the, the actor that plays him. Uh, I I remember seeing something about he said like you know season two is kind of going to lay the groundwork for what's going to happen in seasons three and four, which is what they're planning on doing. So I'm like that kind of gets me excited. So who knows how much they're going to develop? But I do hope we get some more you know of his character and kind of get some backstory about you know. Maybe how he got the dark saber. I could see that happening, you know, mm-hmm. in later seasons. But I would, like, I was talking to somebody. I would love to see this show go four seasons, end on a high note, and then like have, end on a a full feature movie directed mm-hmm. by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I think if they if they don't drag it out too long, the show could go down as one of the best shows of all time. Before we wrap up this episode, Kylo, I have a question for you. I think they're laying the groundwork. For we see a Jedi, probably the last shot of the last episode of this season. Not getting too canon in, canon into it, and characters like a you know, normal audience would know. Which Jedi do you think that's going to be? 
Wait, we see a Jedi? I didn't see a Jedi. No, I'm talking about, I think there's going to be a Jedi at the end of this season that we see as Mando gets closer to completing his mission to getting Baby Yoda to them. Like, if you could picture a Jedi of that being, which one do you think it would be? Shit. I mean, at this point, there's not that many Jedi around, are there? At this point, I think it's just like Luke starting things up, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> baby Kylo Ren. <laughs> baby Yoda versus Baby Kylo Ren. That's the fight. That's where, that's, the, <laughs> that's where this is leading us. Baby shirtless Kylo. <laughs> just so square. But do you have uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Maybe I missed. Welcome back, Stevie. Return to spoilers. Speaking of babies. In the future episodes, if you hear my newborn crying, sorry, I don't have that big big of a house. And sound seems to travel. And her cries are so loud. So sorry if it picks up on here, but I'm a new father. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, I think we're all going to give yeses. Let's go ahead and do Let's go around and do uh, yes or no's. And which episode you liked more. Uh, let's go this time from Weesus to Isis. Okay. This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes. Uh, they're both yeses for me. The one I liked more is The Marshall, which was chapter mm-hmm. nine. It has a good name, Marshall. I like that. That's strong. Very manly. Um, but <laughs> it's just a good way to get us back in uh, to The Mandalorian and giving it the very distinct Western vibe in the distinctly western part of the outer rim is <laughs> is really perfect. Uh, the way they tell stories in this show is just awesome. Like like we were talking about earlier, there was a little bit of, I don't know, I hesitate to say debate, but like it could just be like these one-off episodes or it can be an overarching story. It doesn't really matter. What they're doing is working. So like I, I'll take these one-off shows if they want to start bringing in Moff Gideon and make it a, you know, a bigger story over the season. That's cool too, but it's just so fucking awesome. I love this show so much. Hard yes on both. Uh, this is Pappy. Uh, definite hard yes on both. Um, yeah, it's kind of building on Kylo's point. Even like the story within a story in episode nine, the Marshall that Mikey was talking about, the flashback, that, that storytelling is so amazing. But I'm going to say I liked episode 10 a little bit more just because it felt like we were getting into new places, into new creatures, into new adventures. And like, I don't know, baby Yoda committing abortions is just absolutely freaking hilarious to me. <laughs> so yeah, hard yes for both. I am, I'm in love with this show. I'm all in on this show. I'm, I'm so excited for like every Friday now, just for the new episode. The hard yeses. Yeah. Uh, it's your boy PK. I, I totally agree with what you just finished on Pappy. Like I, I'm a big fan of, you know, them releasing one episode at a time because it, it brings me back to the glory days of Game of Thrones and like having something to look forward to each week and like me and my buddies each of these first two episodes we we got together at like 9 a.m. and had like coffee and Mando so it's just like it's kind of a cool tradition and stuff and um yeah definitely yes for me this is kind of random but like with this extended universe and the potential of more spin-off series and stuff I'm a big fan of episode one's pod race scene and seeing the little <laughs> pod racer part in this episode. I'm like, could you imagine like a speed racer type show or movie all about pod racing with today's technology? That'd oh, be so no. fucking cool. That'd be cool. As long as there's no yippies, I'd be okay <laughs> with it. Whatever. Now, this is but, pod racing. That's the name. 
<laughs> and yeah, I don't know which episode I like more. I do. I will say we just kind of skipped over, but the chase scene with the X wings and the I'm blanking on his name, the, his ship's name, but like because you know his ship was not nearly as fast or mm-hmm. capable as theirs. But the maneuvers he pulls to get away was so cool, and I love fighter pilots and fighter jets. So like seeing the space stuff like that is always gets me geeking out. So. I would love to see more of that. But yeah, definitely yes for me. Uh, yes, the hardest of Beskin armor yeses <laughs> I could possibly give. This the show is so mind-blowing to me. Like, I, Just visually, it's absolutely incredible. It looks better than most movies that are coming out that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And this is a TV show. It's insane. And the prosthetics that they use for these... These aliens and stuff is also, like, just absolutely amazing to see. The frog lady looked so cool. And I would say the Marshall was my favorite episode. I thought I thought that cameo with Timothy Oliphant, uh, not a cameo, but, like, he guest starred in it. I, I thought he was awesome. And I'm excited to see what other guest stars that they have coming onto the show. And like I said before, I don't need the... I don't need an overarching plot to this. It doesn't matter to me where the show goes because I'm just so excited to watch it every week. So in my eyes, they really can't do any wrong. And I think John Favreau has had like the clearest vision of anything Star Wars related ever. <laughs> uh, and he's like the Star Wars guy now. I don't want to watch anything Star Wars related unless John Favreau is doing it. So it's super hard. Yes, <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah, I will give both these episodes super hard yeses. Um, if I had to go with one I liked more, it'd probably be the Marshall, just because I love Timothy Oliphant. And it was cool to see him back in a Western that wasn't called Deadwood or Justified. So, hardest of yes, but I love both episodes. And to answer my question from earlier, um, I don't think the final shot will be a Jedi now. I'm kind of hoping it's Darth Maul. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool to introduce Darth Maul at the very end. Or Palpatine. <laughs> Ray. Or one of them. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. It can be quick. Did Disney ruin Star Wars? No. No. I mean, this is their show. This is This is the best thing Star Wars has. This is the only thing, yeah. Mhm. I think the fans ruin Star Wars. <laughs> or just the, the yeah. toxic fandom is, is ruining Star Wars and like a bunch of big shit. But that's 2024. Yeah. That's so it's true. It's the people who love Star Wars that ruin it, not the people that make it. Yeah. We have ourselves. To I mean, blame. Kathleen Kennedy doesn't help, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> she worked on this show, but yeah. <laughs> She's just there for to have her name on it to make herself look better. I don't know, man. As long, I just want her to help make a good Indiana Jones movie again. That's all she's, I want. She's done it. <sighs> Not in a while. But, uh, yeah, hey, before we go, I just want to say it's good coming back on the show. It's been a while. There's yeah. no superhero stuff happening. <laughs> We're glad to have you, PK. Are you going to hey, come on this every week? If you guys ever want to spoil the boys, you know we could do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm down to come back for Mando's 3 and 4. Nice. Slash 5, 6, 7, 8. <laughs> And Snyder Cut, possibly in the future. Uh, I'll, I'll choose I can't that. wait for that. <laughs> I'll put everyone through the ringer for that. <laughs> uh, 
It's going to be interesting. I hope it's good. You say ugh, but you're going to give it a yes. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever given anything a no on this show yet. You always bring me on for good stuff. Justice League. <laughs> only the great stuff. I only gave it a yes because I was at the premiere. I was biased. I want to say to our listening audience, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, Pap, is everything out right now? Do you have anything coming down the line? We have an Amish movie witness that probably came out <sighs> yesterday. And then, yeah, I think the next episode that will come out after this will be Brett hosting Predator. So look for Ooh. look for that Ooh, to come out. Look for that. That's going to be so much fun. Give me! Do it now! World up beefcakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. The most muscular man in the, in the nation just high-fiving the entire time. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Mandalorian, this first episode of the second season. And this was Spoilers. Tell me what's going on.